Welcome to the Chamber podcast. The Chamber's Investor Grow campaign continues with a focus on technology and machinery. This is the second episode in a two-part mini-series on Investor Grow. I'm Dan Harrison, Press and PR Executive at the Chamber. I'm Henrietta Brealey, Director of Policy and Strategic Relationships at the Chamber. I'm Jim Allen, CEO, SIG Inside. And I'm David Hardman, Managing Director of Innovation Birmingham. The Chamber's Investor Growth campaign continues with a focus on tech and machinery. And hopefully David and Jim are going to be sharing some of their experiences of their businesses investing in these areas. So Henrietta, you've already given a comprehensive uh, description of Investor Grow. But for those who aren't aware, just give us a quick recap. Of course. So Investigrow is our new campaign from the Greater Birmingham Chambers of Commerce, which our regular listeners will know aims to inspire and inform businesses around investment in R&D, innovation, technology and machinery and how that can help boost productivity. Part two, which we're discussing here today, focuses on investment in tech and machinery. And um, as a fun fact, investment in this area could have a major impact on the economy. In fact, CBI estimates that the UK economy could grow by £100 billion just through better adoption of existing technologies. Back on to Investor Grow, though, at the heart of our campaign is, of course, case studies, including one provided by Jim, which I think we'll be hearing more about his business later, uh, and content provided by local businesses, really bringing to life what investment in tech and machinery means for business in the region. Okay, so Jim and David, welcome. You both uh, run very different organisations, but both have cutting-edge technology at the heart. So please, could you tell us a little bit about your businesses and what it is about technology that inspired you to go into this line of work? Yeah, um, well, at SIG, we we have a real passion um, to reshape the consumer or customer's relationship with with energy uh, and with the energy market specifically. Um, we, we believe that um, through the power of new digital energy management and control technologies, uh, we can help to create a future energy system which is cleaner and, and also more affordable. Um, so in response to the uh, future market opportunities that exist around energy, we've designed, developed and manufacture our own advanced digital energy technologies, uh, which we think and we believe you know, were set to revolutionise the, uh, the UK's energy market. Um, what's brought me into this um, this game of innovation and technology and entrepreneurship? My background's energy. I've, I've worked in the utility sector, you know, since graduating, all of my career, and um, and the energy sector is one that um, has been quite quite some time required significant structural regulatory policy, but also technology change. And it's one of those industries, believe it or not, actually where technology hasn't touched it tremendously. And I believe the digital technology revolution in the energy market is something that will will create a whole new market and opportunity for customers to change the way they use energy, uh, pay pay for energy, and in in doing so, you know, reduce the effects of climate change. So uh, I guess from our point of view, Innovation Birmingham, the, the, the details in the name, uh, we're about promoting innovation, uh, taking uh, and taking ideas and uh, translating them into products and services. Um, and innovation is only an innovation once it's made into the, uh, into the uh, commercial world. Um, so Innovation Birmingham is about creating the right infrastructure to help people translate their ideas into commercial reality. Um, it's, it's based on what was Aston Science Park, the third oldest science park in the country. Um, and over the last 10 years, we've, we've really focused it down onto the digital space. 
the, the success in the region had been in ICT. ICT was uh, a sector. Uh, these days, digital covers all sectors. And I think that's the really exciting opportunity. Uh, if you're innovating digitally, then you can be working as a lawyer, an accountant, a uh, medic, uh, whatever. All of these sectors are going to be influenced by digital. My own perspective, uh, uh, a research academic in the past, set up my own business, uh, had the experience of running that for five years. Uh, it went pear-shaped. Uh, and then I've spent the last 20 years creating structures that allow people to take the risk, uh, at least reduce the risk. It won't get rid of the risk, but reduce the risk to help them get their products and services to the marketplace. You kind of partially answered my next question, really, but you've, you've been supporting tech and digital companies now for around a decade. So how do you think businesses' perceptions have, have changed in that time of investing in, in technology? Um, it's an evolving uh, activity. If you go back, um, my background is in biotech, and if you look at the biotech sector, then for the last few decades, the pharmaceutical world has looked to the biotechs for their innovation. Uh, in the digital space now, I think the, the early stage businesses are forming the basis for the innovation for larger businesses through sort of acquisition or uh, investment. Um, so the big change is that these days everything is digital. Uh, it will influence us. Uh, I think there's some huge challenges ahead in terms of uh, the skill sets we're going to need uh, to actually bring uh, the uh, products to the marketplace, uh, skills to get the right jobs. Um, it is going to be very different in the next 10 years. Innovation is what's driving it. That's great. But we have to accept that there are going to be all sorts of things, challenges that will have to be addressed. Sure, and Jim, through your, your products, you're effectively encouraging firms to invest in, in new technology. So how do you approach uh, investing in, in tech and machinery in your own business, uh, in producing products and business processes, for instance? I think from, from, from our perspective, we've, um, we've been developing these technologies over the last five years. So as, as, a, as a business, an SME as we are, um, We've invested a lot of our own money, our own time, our own uh, intellect in, in getting these products to market early. Um, some of the problem with, with digital, um, say going back sort of three to four, five years, is that you know, digital wasn't necessarily seen as a, a potential significant market enabler around energy or any other uh, sector for that matter. So um, we've been developing technologies, um, taking them to market and uh, and selling them into uh, you know large industrial commercial customers enabling them to access um information on you know how their operational plant and equipment performs you know right from you know main plant room right down to compressor so every item of their existing infrastructure can be digitized and they can access the internet via our cloud solution um, the reality is, though, that a lot of organisations out there over the last few years don't necessarily recognise the, the importance of data, the importance of having visibility and granularity of information around how they run their business, and particularly related to power quality and power cost and utilities generally, which is a, a massive part of the overall running costs of any large organisation. Um, so well, the way we've approached it is that we've approached it in developing products, bringing them to market very quickly, a 2G, 3G version of the product, if you like, um, uh, and developing around a cloud solution. Uh, but that's 
been through investing, you know, our own effect, effectively seed money into the into the into the tech, and then using that investment then to to develop growth and reinvest the profitability from growth back into the business. So, you know, for, from our perspective, uh, we're always looking for opportunities to to develop new markets and new channels, and and have always reinvested those their profitability back into the business to develop new products and open up new markets. So it's been a constant churn of, you know developing new technologies, taking them to market and reinvest at those profits to develop and improve those that we've got. Okay, um, we spoke in our last podcast about, quite heavily about R&D and the, the barriers that, that businesses have have had in, in investing in that area. Similarly, what about tech and machinery? One for all of you, really. What, what are the barriers that are stopping businesses from investing in these areas and what more could be done to encourage them to, to do so? So I guess first off, uh, for the, in the digital space, one of the biggest challenges for a business trying to adopt is the speed of change. Um, you know, when do you jump on the uh, uh, the, the merry-go-round? Um, uh, you know, do if I adopt the technology today, um, it's going to be out of date in two years' time. Um, so how do we how we address that? So that adoption piece is an important aspect, um, and I think that's that's key, crucial. Picking up on that as well, I think there's that challenge of seeing the long-term value versus the short-term costs, so not putting off adoption for too long. I think one of the uh, the most interesting case studies over recent years has been, uh, do you remember the WannaCry ransomware last year? Um, the, the thing that hit the NHS and hit over 400,000 um, computers, 400,000 uh, bits of machinery uh, over its reign of terror. Um, I think around 98% of those hundreds of thousands of devices affected were running Windows 7. They were running an outdated version of Windows. And you can bet that the organisations using that were going, this is perfectly fine for our needs. You know, we don't need to spend up front investing in upgrading our operating system. But boy, were they wrong when it hit the fan. So um, it's one of those where businesses do need to look at, OK, there is a short term cost cost to investing in technology but sometimes the long-term gain provided it's done correctly provided it's in line with the overall business plan can be huge i think you know in terms of um we've, we've got some large customers that um they use our technology to access information on how their their plant and operation works um but a lot of a lot of customers are are um wary nervous don't trust new technology and uh, would rather be, you know, as a, as a second approver rather than a first approver of the technology. And I think one of the issues that, uh, that that we face all the time is, you know, one, we're an SME, therefore we're small, and people tend to like to work with organisations they've always worked with, no matter, and they tend to be larger ones that they're trusted. Whether they're delivering the right innovative solutions at the right prices is, you know, I would question but it, it's what they're comfortable and used, used to. So when you go in there as an organisation, as an SME tech, selling something new and innovative, um, you've got to get over the trust barrier. And, and it's less about price and more about trust. So the, the key challenge that we have uh, in trying to sell you know, our innovation to large organisations is to break through that barrier of trust and uh, in, w- in which I think tech generally, unfortunately, for whatever reason, maybe, you know, you said, Harry, one reason there maybe has a, a bad reputation and it may be unfounded, but you have to get through that barrier. So I think uh, Henry just said about the, uh, you know, the example of Windows 7. Um, 60% of the businesses in uh, the West Midlands don't even have a website. Um, uh, and I think, uh, you know, We've got to look at that. Are they the dinosaurs that will disappear or have they got to adapt very quickly? Because 
not having a website versus adopting to artificial intelligence uh, is, is such a huge jump that actually people need to do it. But it's going to happen. It's going to be forced on them because tech is going to do this. And we talk about all the productivity gains and, and, and one thing or another, what effect that has on the jobs, the skills generation. But even uh, into electric motors and cars, you know, the powertrain of a current car is three and a half, uh, 35,000 components. In the electric equivalent, it's 3,500. So you've got an interesting change there in terms of supply chains that will force this to happen. Um, so we have to encourage adoption of digital technologies. Uh, a lot of that is doing this sort of stuff and encouraging people to take a fresh look at it. Um, because if they don't, it's adapt or die. Uh, and I really think we've got to find that that twin. The, there's a sort of a slide I use with a double wave. The first one, as far as I'm concerned, is, is Brexit. The second wave, which is much bigger, is the whole digital revolution that's, that's happening at the moment that I think is going to change everything more so than Brexit, dare I say. I mean, it's, it's, it's known as the, you know, the Internet of Things. So we're in the, you know, the fourth industrial revolution, which is around the, the internet of things, artificial intelligence technologies. But that's a massive, massive leap for lots of organisations out there to, to think, well, I want to invest in this technology, but you know, my, my background of investing in technology maybe hasn't been good. And, uh, and investors generally, you know, over and above, if you look at their nervousness around renewable energy technologies, for example, clearly that's, that's, that's largely been affected by the vagaries of government policy as well. So, you know, how can you have a long-term view of investment around sort of green tech and clean renewables if, if the government are going to change their approach to, to the incentives around that, like feeding tariffs and rocks and lex? And I think that's a, that applies very much the same to digital tech as well. You know, investors have got to get comfortable and confident that they're going to deliver a return on their investment, similarly to large organisations investing in technology as well. So it's a real challenge that the digital technology industry currently has to face and overcome. And we'll only do that by, by doing things like this today. Picking up on the point around government intervention, there are definitely a few things that the government could do in this space to try and encourage businesses to invest more in technology and machinery. Um, one of them is the business rates fronts. Uh, business rates calculations, of course, include uh, essential plant and machinery. So for businesses investing in those spaces, actually spending the money on the new tech, the new machinery, can actually end up costing them more in tax as well. So it's a bit of a disincentive to invest. Uh, could carry on talking about business rates for much longer. However, I'm aware that we've got another podcast on the topic. So I will just uh, end on saying, I think what we really need is a bit of a review of what's excluded from business rates and also fundamental reform of business rates would be ideal to try and bring this pretty outdated tax into the, uh, the 21st century. Another point for government is obviously on um, tax administration as a whole. Uh, we did a survey of businesses earlier in the year and found that around 76% of businesses in the West Midlands region felt like the, uh, the burden of tax admin and compliance had increased compared to five years ago. Businesses obviously only have finite resource, so if you're looking to encourage them to invest in tech and machinery, actually if you're taking resource away from them in terms of staff time and in terms of available cash through input taxes, that's a bit of a problem there. So doing a bit of review, re reducing the overall burden of input taxes for businesses and the admin cost of compliance would be very beneficial in this space too. Okay, so we've spoken a bit about the, the barriers and the pitfalls, but what about the potential? What does the future look like? And which areas of, of technology... Uh, are the most exciting and have the most potential for local businesses? 
Well, obviously, you know, I'm going to say energy because, you know, that that's the game that I'm in. Um, but my, I, I truly believe that the, um, you know, the, the the future consumer customer relationship with energy will be digital, and um, where you know new technologies will be connected in real time to the energy use and demands of customers. And, and these digital energy tools in the home and in the business will create value for customers and also communities, for example, and reduce energy costs, cut carbon, and also open up new opportunities for new services and new revenues. So I largely think that the existing energy retail model is, is dead. And I, and I think there are going to be new services and new opportunities for customers to access um, different ways of managing energy through digital technologies um, coming forward into the future. So, for example... Um, we, we've been fortunate uh, recently to be uh, successful in an Ofgem innovation sandbox uh, where Ofgem have granted us a fairly unique instance of our own um, regulatory market to um, operate what's called demand-side response services where you know, customers can, only, can, can also look to reduce their energy costs through use of renewable energy and battery storage but also participate in helping the local network balance and by doing that, access new new revenues. So we're working with Ofgem, Western Power Distribution, and uh, and other organisations to help deliver a future system trial. And and that's one of the ways in which you can demonstrate that the future of energy is is innov- innovative, different, and will actually open up opportunities for for cost savings and new revenues. I actually am going to hark back to David's point earlier about uh, the need for businesses to adopt uh, the most straightforward tech. Um, I, I really think the the biggest opportunity for small businesses in particular is simple upgrades to existing software, existing machinery. There's a whole load of next generation software around things like accountancy, customer service, customer relationship management, uh, project management, all of those straightforward pieces which could make a real difference to productivity in a business and just save a heck of a lot of staff time. So I think there's some great opportunities there. And then on the manufacturing front. We are, of course, a a big region for manufacturing. Uh, There's a lot of interesting things happening in automation, which, again, are really beneficial for business productivity and just freeing up staff to spend more time being innovative and really drive growth in the business. I think one of the uh, the, uh, real drivers is legacy. Um, And we're not going to start from scratch tomorrow. We're going to build on what we've already got. So historically this part of the country has made stuff, has engineered stuff. Uh, the interesting thing for me is, well, now that will continue, but it will be done in a different way. Digital is full of digital engineers. There's, they are still engineers. So if we look at the strengths of the region in terms of the various audits that have been done recently, we've had energy. That is one of the strengths of the region. You've got transport, you've got health, and you've got construction. All of these will be influenced by the digital and tech um, stuff. But actually... It's those businesses that we need to keep at cutting edge by introducing the uh, the digital capability to them. Um, creativity uh, uh, and bringing that into the piece. So it's, uh, you're mixing the types of people that you can actually bring together to promote the innovation and utilise the scale of Birmingham. You know, we are the second largest city. We have the region with a 5.4 million catchment area that we have... Um, Coventry, we have Wolverhampton and the the whole uh, bit around the combined authority. If we can join some of this up and actually use, in fact, digital to do part of that, to actually create the connections, then I think there's huge opportunity for all, uh, whether you're a one-man startup or whether you're a business that's 300 years old. I think that um, digital is, is the glue to all of this. 
I think it's the glue to the opportunities. Um, so it, digital can connect, you know, everything from, you know, plants and equipment through to um, individual person's requirement for anything, consumption, demand. Um, so, so digital, I believe, will be the glue that connects all of these elements together and provides the, uh, the visibility of how to better optimise the way we, we run our businesses, our services, our organisations um, to enable us to ultimately look at reducing costs but also deriving new ways of working which are smarter and better and ultimately provide you know, um, a, 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 an effective way of managing infrastructure across the piece and digital will cross all of those particular avenues and markets in my opinion. Okay, so do we have any final takeaway messages for our listeners on technology and machinery? One thought. Um, we tend to separate our home life from our work life. Um, obviously, increasingly 24-7 and all that. But what I'm saying is, when you're in your business, ask your children how they would run that business. Because I bet you they would come up with some innovative digital ways of doing stuff that you haven't even thought of. Fantastic. Sound advice there. I think you can probably guess what my final takeaway message is going to be. Uh, it's going to be check out the Greater Birmingham Chambers of Commerce Investor Grow campaign. Uh, we've talked a lot about um, how we can learn from different industries, some of the exciting things that are going on in the region. And through Investigrow, we're going to be sharing lots of case studies, lots of thought leadership content, lots of advice and guidance for businesses in this space. So do check it out. You may just learn something new about how investing in technology and machinery could benefit your business. Don't forget to check out the resources. They're at www.greaterbirminghamchambers.com. And also you can join the conversation on social media using the hashtag I, the number two, G18. That's I2G18. 